0: From the EPR Creations studio, this is Jason Staples, bringing you the Unconquered podcast. As always, this podcast brought to you by EPR Creations, bringing the best of website development and internet marketing for an affordable price. EPR Creations built showthesafeties.com for me. And if you haven't signed the petition for viewing angles that allow us to see the passing game on television in the way that it looks on the Manning cast. Interesting how uh, they do Monday Night Football, their own little simulcast one time and all of a sudden the next broadcast they're showing the safeties. That's no accident. They know how to watch football. If the rest of us want to watch football the way the Mannings want to watch football, then we need to make sure we let the uh, networks know that this is how things need to be. So in any case, if you need anybody else to, if you need somebody to make sure that you are marketed well or that you have a website that is, you know, from the old geo cities era or anything that needs to be built Give EPR Creations a holler. Let them know you heard about them from the Unconquered podcast. All right. Well, we're going to be talking Louisville preview here. I'm not going to spend much time on this, quite frankly, because well, there, you'll 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 hear why. Uh, there's just not a whole lot really to to get into beyond what we already know about this team, and uh, the unknowns are things that we won't know until guys trot out there and we find out who's actually going to play and how healthy they really are. So. We're just going to, I'm just going to blaze through this preview and try to give as much uh, worthwhile as I can here. So I'm going to start with the matchup between the Louisville offense and the Florida State defense. This segment brought to you by Shenandoah Newsma of Keller Williams Realty in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. You can find her at shenrealestate.com. Tell her you heard about her from the Unconquered podcast. So um, first thing is Louisville. This is uh, what their third year under Scott Satterfield now starting to really get that program built in, uh, in the image that he wants in terms of, uh, of approach and, and how they actually go about things on the offensive side. I mean, they, as you'll recall, or many of you, uh, those of you who've listened to this program will remember, they hired NC State's longtime uh, offensive line coach, a guy who coaches the uh, the outside zone in particular as well as anybody in the country. And, you know, it's one of the reasons actually why NC State, in terms of that aspect of their running game, is not nearly as good as they have been in the past or have hasn't been that good the last couple of years in terms of doing that because they lost a really, really good offensive line coach there. And that's what Satterfield and, and his staff want to do is they want to run outside zone. That's that is their identity. They're going to run the stretch play and then they're going to run play action off of that they're going to run boot action off of that with uh, with Malik Cunningham, who can really run. Uh, and so you give him some opportunities on the edge where he, he can either tuck the ball or he can throw it upfield. But they want to play action off of that, targeting your linebackers and safeties, and then periodically go over the top on a deep post or something down the field. Now, of course, last year and the year before, they had some, some legit playmakers out there. I mean, Tutu Atwell was one of the quickest, fastest uh, guys in, in college football last year in Florida State made him look like a Heisman contender. Uh, they, they simply could not cover him in the slot. Uh, they, they had some real playmakers that could change the scoreboard in one play last year. So that additional aspect of, of the big play threat when they got one-on-ones, particularly with Atwell, changed things. They don't have that this year on this roster. They're not actually as good at wide receiver as Wake Forest was, or as Notre Dame was not even close to as good as Wake Forest was. I mean, Wake has a couple wide receivers who, who will at least get a cup of coffee at the NFL level, uh, as nasty as coffee is, but Hey, whatever. But Louisville's wide receivers are, are really more like Florida States. I mean, that's, that's basically where they're at. They don't have, it's not a bad group. I mean, Florida States wide receivers are not what I would call a bad group. They're just, there's not a whole lot special out there. And again, I think McLean could become something closer to that, but they're not at a point where they, they have a group of guys where they have a clear number one that you have to really worry about. And, uh, guys that are going to just beat you over the top, stretch the field, that sort of thing. They just, they don't have what they had in the past few years on that, but they will unfortunately do a lot in terms of their, you know, tight ends and backs and that sort of thing, targeting the, the linebackers and to a lesser degree, uh, the safeties to a lesser extent. I mean, that's that's basically what they did against UCF the whole game, ran a lot of different things to get the the running backs, the ball in space on the edge, uh, enforce the linebackers to cover a little bit with the tight ends and H-backs, that sort of thing. Uh, and that, of course, targets the biggest weakness on the Florida State defense. So, not exactly uh, good news there. Uh, they got a big back who they're gonna again run a lot of that outside zone with him, and then try to get him uh, on some cutbacks and that sort of thing. Not again a threat to go 70, 80 yards like what they had last year, but more of a guy that is gonna get a lot of yardage in say six, seven yard chunks. And uh, and that actually is a good sign for Florida State because Florida State's defensive line is good enough to potentially give them some problems there. So uh, and their offensive line is, is okay. I don't actually think they're quite as good as they were last year. I don't think they were actually that great last year. They might be about as good as they were last year. I don't think they're quite as good as they were the year before. Uh, but they are better than Florida state, at least better than the Florida state offensive line that we've seen the last couple of weeks without Robert Scott and Maurice Smith. So, uh, you know, that take from that, what you will, but to me, this game defensively for Florida state, You can basically play your base stuff and feel like you can cover their wide receivers. And essentially what you're trying to do is you have to make sure that you are putting yourself in a position where you have your secondary running to the football on a lot of that underneath stuff that they're going to throw. And that you've got some support on some of that play action to use your safeties actively in the middle of the field. And uh and and on some of that short stuff and let your line I think you actually have to to see if your your corners can cover these wide receivers. I know as crazy as that is, the last couple of weeks, you know, watching corners give up long plays, I think in this game, you you have to let your corners single cover to be able to take away some of the stuff that they do that they wanna do, that's the stuff that they want to do better, uh, and that they do better as an offense. I think you have to treat them the way that that teams have been treating Florida State defense defensively, where it's like, well, you know, against other teams, we might not single cover you, but against you, we're going to go man free robber. And we're just going to trust that our corners can cover you. I, I think that's basically what you have to do here. As good as Malik Cunningham can be, I think you have to cover them tight, press them and, uh, and basically force them to beat you over the top with receivers that I'm not sure are able to to do that even against Florida State's corners as much trouble as they've had this year. So, I mean that's that would be my approach, but we'll see what happens on this one. We'll see how Florida State comes out after having been shelled in that regard the last few weeks and, you know, just not winning one-on-ones and all that. I mean, how how long before you just decide that that's just a bad approach regardless of who you're playing? So let's go ahead and flip over to the defensive side of the ball again. I'm not going to make this an especially long episode. This segment brought to you by Lewis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida, the best in the business out there. Tell them you heard about him from the Unconquered podcast. So defensively, uh, first of all, Louisville has average has allowed five yards per carry this season. They are 110th nationally in terms of what they're giving up in turn in, in the, in the running game. Now, granted that's playing UCF and Ole Miss, both of whom are really good offenses, a lot better offenses than what Florida state's putting out there. But the the thing is their their defensive line, their linebackers, I mean, according to pro football focus, they're giving up 2.84 yards, uh, per carry before contact. Now that's, uh, that's just under 120. That's what, uh, 119th in the nation. So um, that's among the very worst nationally in terms of run defense. That's good news for Florida state. Florida state needs to focus on trying to find yards in the running game in this, the more they can slow this game down in that regard and, and run the football and try to generate, uh, be, again, this is something Dillingham talked about in his press conference this week, being creative, to find running uh, running lanes and rushing yards in the in the first half, the more Florida State can do that in this game, the higher their chances of winning this game go. They've got to take advantage of Louisville's run defense. And if they can't run the football in this game, if they can't find ways to run the football early, they're not going to win this game. Just that's, that's that. Now, the other thing is that the secondary, Louisville's secondary, I actually think they've got some players there, but they're giving up 146 passer rating. Over 70% completion percentage. Again, that's after playing Ole Miss. Might be the best offense in the country. And also UCF, Dylan Gabriel, who, you know, again, really quality quality uh, uh, offense. So, you know, that's a little bit not... That's not what I would expect from Florida State in this game. And I think they'll come in and do what Wake did and basically say... We we're gonna single cover your receivers. We're gonna see if you can win on the outside. To me, this is a game where you you really want to see if Malik McLean can actually start to maybe maybe this is a, a coming out party for him. Uh, you know, can you find a way where one of maybe your most talented guy at this point, a guy that hasn't hasn't been ruined by going through so many changes and all that, maybe he can win something over the top maybe he's able to win some back shoulder stuff. I mean, if they're going to press, if they're going to play the way that that uh that Wake Forest did, you've got to have some answers there. Another thing is that, you know, if they are going to do that, maybe you've got some switch concepts, maybe you've got some things that can take advantage, some rub routes and that sort of thing that can take advantage of that type of coverage. So, again, I think there's plays to be made against this Louisville defense. The question really is whether Florida State is going to be able to execute well enough to do it. So essentially, they're not great on the defensive line. And, you know, they've given up a lot of of rush yardage and yards before contact to teams that can that can actually play offense. And they've also had trouble stopping the pass and giving up a lot of pass efficiency. So, you know, that leaves you pretty optimistic until you look at Florida State's numbers on that side and you say, well, you know, might not be so good to play a team that has given up a ton if you can't get anything against air. But we'll see. To me, we'll just go ahead over to the overall. I'm not, again, I'm not wasting time on this. Overall brought to you by Garage Makeovers, the best garage remodeling company in South Florida. If you want your garage overall to be the best garage in your neighborhood and you live in Palm Beach or Broward County, you give them a holler, let them know you heard about them from the Unconquered podcast. To me, th- this game... It's a hard game to predict because a couple things basically hinge on or it hinges on a couple of players just being healthy enough to play. And a few other factors that just we can't know at this point. I mean, a lot of games you you feel like you go in and and it's like, okay, and historically, you know, I feel like we've done pretty well on this podcast in terms of, of projection and that sort of thing. This is one of those games where I'm like, yeah, well, you know, do you have a coin? Can you flip it? Tell me what comes up because you don't there's so many unknowns in this game still in terms of personnel, in terms of what identity is going to step out on the on the field. Are are you going to what's going to happen in the first quarter in terms of momentum, in terms of, you know, is a guy just going to put the ball on the ground again? I mean, a lot of those factors are just unpredictable at this point. And I think this team, again, is very much a fragile team where if things go well early, they absolutely could win this game. I think this Florida State team can beat this Louisville team. But if things don't go well early and a couple of the guys that they're really depending on being out there aren't out there, well, I think they could get blown out in this game. So, I mean, I don't think a blowout actually is as likely in this game as it was against Wake. I don't think that this Louisville team is as good as that Wake team. But still, I think this is a game that that Florida State can and probably should win in a lot of respects. But would would I bet money on this game? No. No, I would not. To me, this game boils down to a couple things. Number one is, can they find a way to script up some stuff that's going to put some numbers on the scoreboard in in the positive column in the first quarter? Can Florida State find a way to run the ball a little bit, to manufacture a drive or two in the first quarter to score seven, ten points in that first quarter? If they're able to come out of the first quarter, even or up, game on. So how much can they keep things even and not shoot themselves wherever they've been shooting themselves I I, I don't th- I I think last week against Wake it was a lot more than again than in the foot but you know can have they can they find a way not to self-destruct early so that they don't end up in that very fragile space where they just give up plays be- on defense partly because they're going out there on that sudden change after a big mistake from the offense can they find a way to 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 script it early to win the early script with some some uh, running game success and maybe a big player two to be able to have some first quarter success. If you can get first quarter success in this game, I think you can win the game. But I think that's also contingent very much on whether Robert Scott plays, and to a lesser extent, whether Murray Smith plays. If both those guys play, I think I, I think I would pick Florida State to win this game. If Robert Scott's playing at offensive tackle and Smith is playing at, at center and both guys are able to go and and play the majority of the game, I think Florida State wins this game. If Robert Scott does not play, I'm not sure Florida State can win this game. With what we saw from the, from, from the replacement last, last week, from the left tackle position last week, there's so much you have to scheme around at this point, at that position, that if you don't have Robert Scott, at that position or somebody that can step in at that position and and give you at least decent replacement level production you're not winning cuz you're just giving up too many too many uh too many busted plays in the backfield you're giving up too much pressure on the quarterback given what they're wanting to do so to me this game boils down to the offensive line and who's actually running out there are they going to be able to get a little bit better better play at that key spot particularly, uh, you know, specifically the left tackle spot. And secondly, if they do have that, are they able to get, build some momentum early in the game? That's the question. And as of right now, I actually, I think Scott will be out there, but I don't know for sure. So I I honestly have no idea really what to expect, what to project in this game. So basically I'm going to make this a 50-50 coin flip I think this game's going to be something like Louisville 27, Florida state, 24 somewhere in there. It could easily be Florida state, 27 Louisville, 24. Uh, I think in that range is, is about likely all that said, as I've said in the past, when it comes down to it for games that are uncertain, or there's a lot of, uh, where it's basically a coin flip, I tend to default to the team that where I trust their quarterback more. And quite frankly, in this game, I trust Malik Cunningham, who has been very hot and cold in his career. I mean, he's had it, he's been untouchable when he's on, and then he's been a turnover machine at times when he's pressured and when he's off. At the end of the day, I still trust him more than Florida State's situation at the quarterback position. So I'm, I'm going to favor Louisville to actually get it done here in this 50 50 situation. And Florida State most likely winds up 0 4 after this game. So Louisville wins 27, 24, and I'll give him a 51% chance of, of winning this game. The Unconquered Podcast is brought to you by EPR Creations, Louis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida, ShenRealEstate.com in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, Garage Makeovers of Palm Beach in Broward County, and The Unconquered Podcast shop at UnconqueredPodcast.com, which features stickers, magnets, and other seminal gear. Thanks also to those supporters over at Patreon, where I post video analysis and field questions for the podcast from supporters. I'm especially grateful to those above the dynasty level. That is Andrew Garrett, Brian Leininger, Jonathan Kennedy, Lee Caswell, Travis Smith, Tyler Kashishki, Vince Calandra, and Bert Bertoldi. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please leave a five-star rating over at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Post us on social media and tell a friend. This has been the Unconquered Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Staples. Thanks for listening. I made this.